Welcome to episode 70 of the Running on Om podcast with Blake Russell, professional runner, Olympian, mother, and writer. Last week, Running on Om published its first Yoga for Runners video on the Running on Om YouTube channel. It's an almost minute, 40 minute video that is meant to be a dynamic cooldown for runners post run or an easy recovery day, focused on opening the hips and elongating the side body. Definitely check it out and please let me know what you think. Also, if you've listened to at least three podcasts and want to help more like-minded people find the podcasts, consider leaving a review on iTunes. It'll seriously take you less than two minutes and make a world of difference. I'm always open to feedback or questions, and I encourage you to leave your comments on our Facebook page. Let's jump into the show with Blake. In this episode, Blake discusses her background in running and how she navigated the transition from high school to collegiate running a breakthrough race in the 1500 meter from her time at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, a recount of Blake's experience competing at the 2008 Beijing Olympics, dealing with the disappointment of not qualifying for the 2004 Olympic team, three lessons Blake has learned from her renowned coach, Robert Seveny, tangible tips on proper running form, how Blake balances motherhood and training, her favorite workouts, upcoming races on her calendar, Blake's perspective on strength training, a little bit can go a long way. All this and more on this episode of the Running on Ohm podcast. Ohm. Welcome, Blake, to the Running on Ohm podcast. Thank you. So why did you first lace up your shoes and run when you were younger? Why? Oh, um, it was kind of by accident. I mean, I think a lot of runners get into it by accident. Um, I played tennis in eighth grade, and I was okay, but it, you know, it wasn't um, my passion, I guess. And then uh, I was good in PE class, and cross country not being a popular sport needed some runners to come out for the team. So uh, a friend knew I was good in PE class, so his older brother was running cross-country, and he called me and just said, hey, practice starts, you know, whatever, come out. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know, I hadn't even heard. I didn't even know it was a sport. So <laughs> I showed up for cross-country practice, and, um, you know, the coach was really cool, and, you know, he just told me to go run around the track, you know, warm up, and so I, you know, plotted out there, and I'd never even just run um, other than PE class, and, you know, I went around the track, I think, the wrong direction twice. And then, but I came back, and he was all excited, and he, he's, uh, he had a little bit of a, a stutter when he got excited, and he's like, oh, my God, oh, 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 my God, and I was like, what? He's like, you look good. I'm like, well, thanks, and so, you know, it just went on, that it just, it turned out to be my thing, and uh, I kind of, like, been running since in ninth grade and just never stopped. And it sounds like, as you said, it was a really natural fit from you from for the, from the get-go. When you got to college and you obviously were around more runners and getting to be exposed to um, the national scene, what was that experience like to go from obviously being a star in your hometown to college? Yeah, it was a shock. I mean, I... Um you know, I knew I wanted to run in college. It was just such a, a fun thing, and I really enjoyed pushing myself and, you know, trying to run faster and faster. But I got to UNC Chapel Hill, and I just had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, the first day of practice, we ran, you know, maybe 55 minutes, and I was just, I don't know where we were. I was just trying to keep up so I didn't get lost, and it was, like, the hardest run I'd ever done and you know, the longest run I'd ever done in college, and that was the first day of practice. So I was... 
you know, surrounded by some of the best girls in the country. And it was just, you know, I was a walk-on. So I was like, am I going to make the team? I don't know. And I was so nervous. And, you know, I just got lucky, I think, that the coach saw some potential in me, you know, being a low-mileage person and, you know, the, the times I had run off a really low mileage. So, um, but it was just a huge learning curve. And, you know, every year I had just had to work harder and harder than um, I did just because I loved it. And I remember, like, sitting my coach down, who was Joan Nesbitt at the time, and was like, what can I do? How can I get better? And, you know, she just just had this, like, heart-to-heart talk with me. And um, she was a professional runner at the time. And, um, you know, it was just something that clicked clicked in me. And um, I just I wanted to, you know, be the best I could be. And I just loved running. So, And she had a passion for running, and it just you know, oozed out of her. So... She was certainly my idol, you know, and I just got lucky that, you know, having an amazing coach in college just made all the difference. And obviously you're successful at it, so that must bring some joy. But why do you think you love running? Like, what is it about? And especially early on, high school, college, what clicked for you about it? I, you know, I've just always been an outdoors person, so I just love getting out and exploring, you know, new trails and, you know, I think when it comes down to it, I really like being alone and, you know, it's just like my time, like kind of like, you know, people do yoga and other things and, you know, surf. I mean, it's just, it's just like your me time and, you know, my meditation time. So it's just, you know, been doing it since I was 14. It just feels like it's certainly a part of me. And, um, but I also love just that sensation of like, um, you know, just the, the movement, and I like feeling the pain of a workout. It's weird, but I, you know, you just feel so good afterwards, and, you know, I like being able to push myself, and, you know, I mean, certainly you have days where you're tired and you don't want to train, but, um, you know, it's nice to have the goals out there that kind of remind you of that, um, but it's just a, I, I mean, I'll always run, you know, as long as I'm healthy and can do it, it's just, I enjoy getting out there and just, you know, like this morning, I got up at you know, 5.15 was out the door and it was just a little bit of moonlight and, you know, I could hear the ocean out there. It was just me. Um, it, was a, it was a great morning. Definitely. And in college, when you look at your career, what would you say was the race that you were most proud of or the race that you felt when you finished the best about? Yeah, you know, I just... Um, Probably my senior year, I mean, I've been working my way up and, like, said, so run a PR literally, like, every race I ran in college, like, every track race I PR'd. Um, so I was getting there, finally, and I was, you know, my goal was, like, qualifying for NCAAs, which I had, you know, qualified my junior year, but it wasn't quite enough to get there. Um, but I remember my senior year, went into the Women's 1500 at the ACC Championships, and I was not a favorite going into it, but, you know, I'd been running really well, and uh, I just remember, like for some reason, like, just that, you know, feeling like the pace slowed down with about 600 meters to go, and I just, like, took the race and um, just went, you know, my, my high school coach always said I ran best, kind of, like, from the front running scared, um, and I was waiting for people to pass me, and, you know, all of a sudden, I realized I just won, and, you know, I ran a 418, which was pretty legit in, in college, and, um, you know, it was one of the, like, I think, top 10 times in NCAAs at the time, so, and it was a school record, and, you know, it was a win, it was... So it was definitely like a turning point in my career, like, hey, you know, I, I can do this, and, you know, I, I'm, I can be good. So that was definitely a highlight. And then I think the next day, you know, I, I was just I'm still on, like, such a high that I, I, I'd only run one 5K, but I went out and I, I won the 5K the next day at the ACC champ. So I think that kind of gave me a huge confidence boost. Definitely. 
And when you touched upon just now that you really, a part of you likes that pain of the workout, I know there's obviously sometimes pain in races as well. I don't know if you conceptualize it as pain, but how do you get to that point where you're really able to mentally push yourself to your edge and give it your all? Because I mean, running a 1500 and 418, you said, that's, that's really putting it all out there. Yeah, that's got a different pain. I mean, there's there's more like the middle distance pain, which I hate the 100 pain. I mean, my whole body hurts, my teeth hurt, like everything. Just, um, I, I mean, I guess you have to remember that you train every day to kind of push back that pain and be able to handle the pain. Um, but it's just, a, a, I think, a mental game that I remember running, you know, a cross-country race and uh, you kind of get to that point where you have to ask yourself, like, Am I going to slow down? Am I going to speed up? Do I want to win? And it was, uh, what was it, like 8K U.S. championships. And um, I finally just kind of dug down and, and uh, decided I wanted to win. And it was just, just I don't know, it just has to come from within, I think. And it's just all the, the time and the practice and you know, knowing that you've worked really hard for something and you just want to like give yourself um, you know, every opportunity to succeed. But, you know, just the... I also remember reading in um, taking a sports psych class in college, and the professor or the, the research we had studied was, you know, the great athletes aren't afraid of the pain; they embrace the pain. And it's, you know, pain isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that you have to learn to deal with and get through. So, it's a lot of, I think, athletes panic when they start to feel that pain. But you know, that's why you learn like some breathing techniques and relaxation techniques. And you know, like for me, focus on my form and just. You know, just remember you. You know that I trained for this. It's gonna. It's supposed to hurt. It's gonna hurt. You know, I'll be okay. Definitely, and it's that mental strength that it sounds like you have that's been really able to have to allow you to have so much success as well. I hope so. Yes, lots of lots of practice. Fast forwarding in time after college, you transitioned to professional running and had some success in the Olympics. Talk to me about the 2008 experience at Beijing. What was that like going into it, and what would what would you say was the most rewarding part about the experience? Yeah, I mean, Beijing, you know, I've, making the team was way more stressful than actually being in Beijing. I mean, just, you know, having it all on the line for the Olympic trials is just excruciatingly painful and, and nervous. Um, so being in Beijing was just almost like a relief, like, oh, thank God I finally did this, because obviously people remember the four years before where I, um, you know, lost lost out in the very, very last, you know, probably 200 meters. Um, so I just was there, you know, it was, it was really enjoyable. We were there a month before just to kind of acclimate to the heat and humidity. Um, got to train with Magdalena a lot, which I trained by myself all the time, so it was great. I had, every day we went out and ran and just had a blast. And, um they were really strict where we were, like, not wanting us to, like, leave our little compound at the hotel, but we would always sneak by and just, like, run by and go, ni hao, ni hao, and, like, and, and, you know, say hi, and they were like, no, 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 come back, and we would just smile and, like, just keep running, and they would be, kind of be standing there with their, like, guns, like, you know, not knowing what to do, <laughs> so it's it definitely, like, fun to see, like, the different cultural side of things and, you know, just explore, um, and then when they're, you know, when to the Olympic Village like four or five days before our event and you know it was just cool to see all the excitement and you know all the athletes and um, you know it was everything I thought it could be um, and you know race day I wasn't as nervous as I would have thought I mean it was just 
it was just so much to take in all at once. I mean, you're starting at such a great place and um, a cool point-to-point course. And, you know, the fans just lined the streets because it was really the only event where people could go without any, you know, see the, see the races without any tickets. So lots and lots of uh, spectators. Um, but it was, um, you know, it was just a great experience. And I was... I thought I would run a little bit better in the heat and humidity. I mean, I, I planned for it and practiced, and, you know, I was like, wow, I'm running, going, these people are running really well for it being so hot. Um, and I kept thinking people were going to come back to me. But it was, you know, I finished 27th, and my goal had been top 15. So I was a little disappointed in that, but, you know, happy to um, be the only American that did finish that race because it was kind of a rough one for um, Magdalena and Nadina fracture her foot during that race. So, um it was, it was fun. How do you deal with the disappointment after races? I mean, obviously after the 2004 um, trials, that was really disappointing, or perhaps finishing 27th with hopes of 15th. How do you mentally kind of work yourself through bad races? Yeah, you know, I've, I've definitely learned. I mean, I certainly, like 2004, was I was in manic depression because, you know, it's right there, like in your grasp. Um, and just to see it, you know, there's just, you know, I got passed and I couldn't do anything about it. So it was heartbreaking. And I was so physically spent that I just really couldn't recover from that race for, you know, months. I couldn't, um, and, you know, I tr- my goal was to run that race. And if that didn't work out, I was going to run the, um, the track because I qualified on the track and usually could run pretty decent. Um, and I couldn't even like make the track trials. I was just so out, out of it. Um, you know, and that some of it was a lot mental, and you know, some of it was physical with some like, anemia issues. But um, you know, you have to deal with it. You know, one way or the other. I mean, life's about disappointments sometimes. Um, but I have learned over the years that you just to find something, like pick one thing positive out of every race, because um, it's not, you know, it's one race in the grand scheme of things. It's not the end all, be all. Um, and I feel like when I try and pick one, at least one positive thing out of every race, like, oh, I learned this strategy didn't work, you know, or something like that, that, that uh, it helps me actually recover. Like, it seems like you maybe formally your body is just not quite as depressed, so you're able to recover better um, when you're just not in complete manic depression after a race. Um, so that kind of is my little trick. Like, you know, just they're not all going to go according to plan. Definitely. I know a part of recovering from bad races is having a support system, which you have a husband, kids, and you've had some pretty incredible coaches, including um, Sev. What would you say are three lessons or three things you've learned from Sev that you really take with you on a daily basis in your running and training? Three things. Um, You know, I just, he's very into consistency and smart training. Um, we do a lot of like, I think he's into uh, stressing like a really good solid base training and aerobic base um, before we do any major, you know, racing. So for me, like coming back from pregnancy, I mean, we put in a good like six to eight months of like just hard running and, and uh, like tempo runs and all that kind of like strength work, cross country work. Um, but, uh, you know, he's definitely on a daily basis, like he, for workouts, like per week, he focuses a lot on, um, intensity, like, so he factors in, like, some mentally easy days, um, I think he knows 
I mean, I've been running racing since I was 14, but, you know, pretty hard since I was about for 15 years or so. So, and athletes are running longer. So if you want some longevity of the sport, you've got to factor in a little bit of um, mental breaks, you know. So he doesn't, he just doesn't hammer like workout after workout and like really short recoveries and things. He's definitely like um, coaches like the whole athlete, you know, physically and mentally. So if, if it's, if you're having a really rough day or, you know, the kids are sick and I didn't sleep, you know, something, I mean, th- things have to get adjusted because there's just no point in, in hammering yourself into the ground and, you know, being frustrated with the workout, frustrated, you know, the way things are going. Um, and then I guess the other thing maybe on a daily basis was, um, I think we talked about this earlier, but, you know, he's really into, like, strength work um, and form. So... You know, I feel like if you're running with good form, you're a lot less likely to get injured. And obviously, if you're running with good form, you're going to be as efficient as possible. So we do, you know, lots of drills. Um, we used to do a lot more when I was younger. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm a little bit stronger now. I'm, like, more like, mentally aware of my form. But I like to, like, at least pick, like, certain times, like, during my easy runs where I'm just really focused on it and making sure that kind of everything's, you know, going in the right direction. Definitely. And for people who are listening to this podcast right now who don't know a lot about running form, what would you say are a few cues that you say to yourself in your head to keep your form in alignment? I know each person obviously has the things they need to work on that are specific to you, but what would you say are some form cues in general? Yeah, for me, I kind of start with my head and kind of work my way down, um, feeling that my face needs to be really relaxed and your jaw, um, which... And then I work on, like, my shoulders because I tend to, like, you know, if your shoulders are rounded, you're not getting that that open air. You're not getting your chest open. Um, So you don't, you know, you want to bring your shoulders back and kind of down and, like, have your arms really relaxed because that translates, you know, all the way down into your legs. Um, Ultimately, you want your legs doing all the work so your your hand shouldn't be stressed and your fist shouldn't be in a ball. Um, and for me, like, I kind of factor that in with just, like, breathing. Like, when I'm running out really easy, I just try and, like, slow my breathing down and just really relaxed. And it really helps at the end of a race, um, you know, or in the middle of a workout when, you know, you just crest a big hill and you're like, all right, just get it back together. You know, you're a little tired. You just came up a hill, but, you know, you got to kind of regroup. Um, so it's helpful to practice it, like, on a daily basis so then when you get into a race, you can just kind of, like, it's, it's automatic to help relax yourself. Definitely. And coming back after your second kid, how did Sev react to you wanting to do workouts again and get serious? What was that like? Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Um, uh, You know, I just started running just mainly to lose the baby weight, and I was not planning to compete again. And it was not because I didn't want to. It was just because I used to have the child care. And um, didn't have the sponsorship, you know, like I had with Reebok for the years before that, before the nanny like, to help out with women and stuff. So my mom was watching live and I was doing some workouts and, or just, you know, running like 20, 30 minutes a day. And then I was like, this is getting a little boring. So I decided to start doing some hills for fun because that's what dorky runners do. We just do her workouts. So I did those for about eight weeks. Um, and I was like, I feel really good. You know, my easy run started feeling really good. So I called him and I said, hey, I think I want to do a tempo run. And Sev, you know, who's like a Vietnam vet, I don't know if you've met him, um, was like, Jesus Christ, can't you just retire? And uh, I said, no, I can't retire. Like, I want to do a workout. So 
and he knows I'm really pushy, so he's like, fine. And so, you know, he's like, I'll get my bike pumped up, because he usually rides his bike with me. And uh, so he met me out there, and, um, you know, we did, I think, five miles at, like, 5.50 pace, and it was way better than anything I could have done after Quinn at that point in time. It was, like, maybe two, two and a half months after Lily. Um, so he was encouraged. You know, he was like, well, you know, Priscilla Walsh ran well as when she was old, I'm like, thanks. <laughs> that's like that's sort of a backhanded compliment, but I'll take it at this point. I'll take what I can get. So um, we just started doing, you know, tempo runs, and they started coming really fast and uh, feeling good. And so I think he was on board, and, um, I, you know, it was just fun. It was just, like, old times again, which was really nice. Just, and I think most funders know it was just, like, a routine, and I was just so used to having it not raced in so long other than, the, you know, taking pregnancy breaks, but it was nice to kind of get back to the routine of like doing some like you know, workouts. And Definitely. And right now you're training in a much more intense way. How do you balance that with being a mother to two young kids? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, it's been really challenging. I, I shifted all my workouts um, like out the day, so I'm not doing as much hard stuff on the weekends. Um, and that helps just with school schedules, um, now Quinn's in kindergarten, um, which I thought it would get easier, but now we're walking to and from kindergarten, and you know, with Libby, it's like naps, it's a little bit crazy. Um, but it's, I'm, and I'm doing some early morning stuff, which I, you know, you just, a lot of people do, I've found it's more popular, so I have to get in some easy runs, usually before like 7, 7.15, just because my husband gets to work pretty early. That's okay, and, and then I'll you know try and get in a second run in the afternoon, like I said, if he's at karate. Um, and then workout days, luckily I still have my mom and her husband live here, so they are more than willing to take live and then for about two to three hours, so I can you know get in like a track workout or like a, you know a marathon road workout or something. Um, so you know I couldn't do it at all if I didn't have my mom and her husband in town. <laughs> just you know I just can't get like, a quality workout in before seven a.m. I know a lot to do, but I'm not that good. <laughs> So, so far, so good. And then my husband, you know, I, I try and get out the door pretty early for a long run on Saturday morning. And then some days it's just usually like an easy day. So it's not, it doesn't take away from family time. Definitely. It's getting it done early. Definitely. It sounds like that support system is essential. Yes. Right now, what would you consider as your favorite type of workout that you do? Um, you know, there's this really great park that we go to a lot of times and, it's just quiet and there's a nice like thousand meter dirt loop around and you know we'll go up there and do maybe like thousand repeats or like you know two by three thousand or like, sometimes we do like you know two three by five k's or something but um that's just great because it's just out there and beautiful and it, you know it's one of the great places but then it, I also enjoy just kind of getting out there and just doing like a longer tempo run where you're just kind of feeling when you finally have that good pace or you just feel you can run forever. Um, and how you know, do you and it's hard focused? to compare the weather's so pretty around here. How do you stay focused doing all these workouts alone? I know you have said sometimes on the bike, but what keeps you motivated? You know, I think it just comes down to you have to be, love it and you have to be internally motivated. I mean, that's the best, you know, best motivation is internal motivation. So, um, I just have been, and, you know, I just, Sev always says that's one of my gifts is that I can push myself by myself. Um, like, I can do, you know, workouts, really, you know, really good workouts by myself, and then 
it's usually bad actually if, if I end up with somebody because I get too competitive. So it's probably better in the long run if I'm by myself. Um, he's always wanted to try and find like a male training partner for me, and it just you know just hasn't worked out. But uh, you know, way back when my husband and I would run together, but he hated running with me because I would I'd start out too fast for him and he'd yank me back, you know, by my grade, you know. But uh, I don't know. I just you know I, I like running by myself at this point, and you know if I get to run with other people, it's usually like you know a couple of days before a race, or like I said, like you know Magdalena before the Olympics, and it's just kind of a fun like bonus. Um, and what are you training for right now? What's on your schedule? Yeah, the big goal. Like I've had tunnel vision into this for a while, but is is the New York Marathon. Um, I've tried to get there twice before a couple of years ago. Like one time, I I had this freak you know, luggage incident and broke the bone of my foot. And then another time I pulled my calf muscle about a month out. Um, so I'm hoping third time's the charm. I'm going to get to the starting line really fit and happy. And uh, um, it's kind of, you know, I'm only right now, like, as we're recording this, it's like the second week of training. So, you know, I'm not really like marathon tired yet, but I'm really, it's been so long. I actually have not finished a marathon since Beijing, which is scary. <laughs> I've tried and it just, you know, after Quinn, it was like being on a sinking ship. So training has gone um, so much better. You know, my body feels normal. And I feel like I feel like I did, you know, way back when I made the Olympic team, you know, feeling really fit. So I'm hoping for good things. I'm really excited to kind of like tackle this marathon um, block of training. Because I know that, you know, when, you know, you just come out so strong after you, you put in like a really solid like 12 weeks of strength stuff. And why did you choose New York Marathon? Why not Chicago? Why not Boston? Yeah, well, just, I mean, the timing was definitely right. And I've run Chicago twice, and it's a great course, and it's a fast course. Um, but I just wanted the energy. You know, I wanted, um, I've just heard such amazing things about New York and um, with, with the crowds. And, you know, it's just, and I heard it's a hard course. And I kind of, like, want to test myself on, like, a harder rolling course. Um, I think I, I would be good at it because I, that's how I train out here. I mean, it's, you know, we think we're on the ocean, but, you know, I've got some really good climbs and um, every day, like, it's just, it's hard for us to find somewhere flat to train. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, you know, I've heard the bridges are really tough in New York, so um, we'll, we'll see if this, if this strength training is working out. But uh, it just, New York is, for me, has this mystique, and um, I don't think you can be a marathoner and, and not tackle it, you know, not want to do it. Definitely. You've been in the sport, as you said, for a while, for about 15 years running pretty seriously. 15 years from now, where do you see American distance running? Oh my gosh. I don't know. You know, it's been amazing to watch the Shalane's and, um, you know, Shannon Roberry's and, um, Molly Huddle that are just like banging away with like the best in the world so it's pretty exciting um, but on the other hand I feel like you know it's tough like it's it's hard to make it to the top and there's just not lots of help out there so I hope that you know the, the money stays in the sport enough to keep some of the, the great athletes in it um, long enough because you know I'm a good example of you know I kind of I didn't get much. I got Nibon sponsored me out of college, which was wonderful, um, but I didn't make lots of money. Um, and then I got with Reebok. But it was, it took me, I guess, well, it was like 32 to make an Olympic team. So I really, you know, it took me almost 10 years after college to find myself. 
and hopefully that you know the women are willing, you know, financially able to stick with it, um, and you know to reach their potential because it does take a long, long time to you know build up that aerobic system enough that you can really compete. You know, unless you're a superstar and you've been doing it, you know, since you know at that high level since high school or college. Definitely. Now you've alluded to the fact that strength training has been a big part of your training with Seb and the durability of yourself as an athlete. I know you also have studied physical therapy. What is the role of strength training in your life, and do you see it more incorporated into the actual workouts you do with, like, hills, or do you take the time to do strength training, body exercises, or weight room stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I am a physical therapist, so I, I feel like that's probably kept me running a lot longer than maybe it should have. <laughs> um, but strength training, yeah, I think you think running makes you strong, but, you know, in essence, it's really focusing on a lot of um, the same muscles, and you, know, you need to work on a lot of those prime movers, like your glutes and things, which is um, your hip, um, hip rotators, little ones that are kind of keeping you more um, from, you know, getting injuries. You know, a lot of times, hips, you know, particularly for women, are really important to work on so you don't get injured um, with knee issues and um, so I do a lot of that. I mean, kind of for myself, I found like what my weaknesses are, so I know that how to target them. And I think that that helped me come back from this pregnancy because I knew that oh, I have I have like a psoas problem, like on my left side, um, like the, this deep muscle kind of in your back, and it starts to be a little like. Um, so I kind of worked on that the whole time I was pregnant, and um, you know I worked on some hip strengthening, and, and so I think that's why orthopedically when I started running again, I was so much farther along than I was after Quinn when I just really didn't do much. And I was tried to run, but I just couldn't because I was too, too big. <laughs> I was like gained 50 pounds. Um, so, you know, I think strength training needs to be incorporated. I don't think you need to go overboard. I mean, I know some people are like an hour of core a day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even think of something to do for an hour. <laughs> but, you know, something, you know, a little routine for about 10 minutes, you know, would probably be appropriate just to target some of your problem areas and, uh, um, help you out so you feel a little bit stronger and like you know prevent some injuries definitely now after new york are there any other races that are on your bucket list to do whether it's a race that you would potentially do just for fun not necessarily in a competitive or a long build-up way but any races in the whole world that you want to do <laughs> in the whole world i don't know gosh i've you know this year has kind of been like racing myself back in the shape thing so i've hit some road races that i have always wanted to do that I haven't done, like the Boonsay and the Peachtree. And, um, so there's definitely a lot more like little, you know, or they're actually all big road races, like, you know, 50,000 people or so at both those races um, that I'd like to do, but I need to do a little bit more research on them. Um, there's, you know, there's certain parts of the country, like I definitely want to do some more like destination races. Like I haven't made it to like Napa for their half marathon and um, People always ask me about a Big Star Marathon, which I'm still happy to spectate that one because it's pretty hilly. Um, so I don't know. You know, I actually haven't even I'm, – I'm in such marathon mode. I have not thought about any races after New York, you know, downtime after New York. That's all I've thought about. Um, so there'll, there'll be plenty. And, you know, I'm just – I'm having fun just, like, picking different distances at this point. So, you know, some shorter stuff, five, five Ks, ten Ks, you know, ten and fast again. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to see what happens with you for New York, and I, it sounds like good things are ahead. Thank you. Yes, just make it to the starting line, and I think it'll be good.
To close up our interview, I have a few fun either-or questions. Okay. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Smoothies or juices? Smoothies. For your superpower, would you rather fly or be invisible? Fly. And the last one is tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee. Definitely coffee. <laughs> Thank you so much, Blake, for sharing your story on the Running on Ohm podcast. Alright, thank you, Julia. Um, thanks for listening to episode 70 of the Running on Ohm podcast with Blake Russell, professional runner, Olympian, mother, and writer. If you would like to connect with Blake and the Running on Ohm community, you can find us on runningonohm.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes if you've been tuning into the podcast for a while now and want to help more like-minded people find it. It'll seriously take you two minutes, and it will make a world of difference. Also, feel free to comment or ask any questions on the Running on Ohm Facebook page. I'd love to hear from you. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.